The New Orleans Saints intend to compete in 2022, but in order to do so, they'll have to improve and evolve in these four specific areas. And the most important one starts and ends with Jameis Winston. I'll tell you why. And we're going to break down the other three. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make a Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me over at USA Today Saints Wire. Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. They've got more odds, lines, and props than ever before, so check them out, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Locked on Hoodats, thank goodness it is Friday. We are here and ready to get started with today's episode. I'm excited to break this one down because in order for the New Orleans Saints to be as successful as they want to be in 2022, there are four specific areas that need to evolve. We're going to start on the offensive side, we'll move to defense, and then, yeah, we're going to talk special teams as well, because special teams wins games, specifically in New Orleans, and if they can get two elements of their special teams unit ready to go on time. So the first one that I want to start off with here is on the offensive side, and it all comes down to the passing game, which, of course, starts and ends with Jameis Winston, because, well, he's the quarterback. He has to situationally make the right throws, make the right decisions, all that. We saw a big, big, big time improvement in his decision making, in his uh, pattern choices, everything he was doing in 2021 felt like it was leagues beyond what we were used to seeing during his time, specifically, let's say with Bruce Arians, who notoriously makes sure that any quarterback that he works with in their first career, you know, their first season with him has their career high in interceptions, including Jameis Winston. But look, Jameis Winston is never going to go out there and throw 30 interceptions again. It's not happening. So we should stop talking about that. Instead, we have to talk about what we talk, the way that we talk about every quarterback in the NFL, which is you make good decisions, you make the right decisions, your team wins games. So that's the only thing that we're really going to be watching when it comes to Jameis. But now that they have all of these weapons and guys that will help to support him in a way that he didn't have last year, no offense to guys like Deontay Hardy, Marquez Callaway, uh, uh, Chris Hogan, all the other guys that they played at wide receiver, but they are not Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave that new role or that new room of wide receivers is going to be a huge benefit to Jameis Winston. And the New Orleans Saints are going to have to take advantage of that. They can't be conservative, not in this division. They're not going to be able to be conservative when the NFC is really open for the taking for any team and any roster. And the New Orleans Saints have a really, really good roster. And they specifically have one that's bolstered right now in terms of their pass catchers. Michael Thomas is expected to be cleared early on in camp. We got that report from Ian Rappaport not too long ago. We know that Jameis Winston either is or very soon will be cleared. Maybe by the time after I've recorded this, that they, you know, that there'll be a bigger announcement about him being cleared, whatever. But they're going to be able to start to build chemistry throughout camp. Let's just say it that way. He's going to be building chemistry, Jameis Winston is, with Jarvis Landry. He's already working with Chris Olave. He took those guys, both of them, the Miami with them, other guys too, Adam Troutman and Nick Curl and Juwan Johnson, whole bunch of guys getting out there and working out together in Miami with Jameis Winston and lots of credit towards Jameis for organizing all of that and for being the leader that this team needs right now and making sure that everybody's getting that work in and that the chemistry and that cohesion, that continuity is all building. So it all starts and ends before they even hit the field on Tuesday for the first day 
of training camp. But the Saints are going to have to do better than 32nd in the league in passing yards. They're going to have to do better than 30th in passing attempts. They're going to have to be an aggressive team. Jameis Winston was one of the least aggressive quarterbacks in terms of throws in tight windows, according to next-gen stats last season. But he was one of the top players in big-time throws, number two, according to Pro Football Focus. So in terms of when he did take those aggressive throw shots, they were on time. They were accurate. You have to be able to take advantage of that skill set and bolster the number of aggression or the, the percentage of aggression you're willing to put into this offense. Now, this offense may live and die by its run game, may live and die by its defense in certain games, but for the most part, you have to evolve this offense out of 2021 and into 2022 with a passing game that you can always fall back on and always rely on. Personnel being built up was definitely a big part of that. The next piece is going to be what's already starting, right? The cohesion, the continuity, the clarity, all of that between Jameis and those receiving options, which also includes guys like Adam Troutman and Nick Kroll potentially, as well as Juwan Johnson, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, Mark Ingram out of the backfield, who evolved his own game into being a little bit more of a pass catcher after Alvin Kamara got to town. So we have seen that this team has had the opportunity to be able to do it. But one other big name to watch in the midst of this evolution, this step forward that the New Orleans Saints will need to take it's going to be offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael has sort of been this kind of silent assassin for a long time for the New Orleans Saints as their offensive coordinator, but now it's all him. He's building the system. He's constructing the system. He's the architect of the system. He's teaching the system. He's installing the system, and he's going to be calling the plays going into 2022. So the lack of play calling ex- expertise, I guess you could say, as compared to Sean Payton is there, but Pete Carmichael has called plays before he knows how to do it. My question is, will he be more aggressive than Sean Payton was able to be with last year's unit, which was oft injured, oft unavailable, and mostly trying to build some level of chemistry and never really got the rush they wanted out on the field? That shouldn't be a problem for this New Orleans Saints team in 2022. Pete Carmichael should have all of his weapons at his disposal. So will he show more aggression? Or are we going to see Jameis Winston at the beginning of the season throwing 20 to 25 passes to open it up? Or are we going to quickly get to 30 to 35 and allow this team to be high variance? It's okay to throw interceptions as long as you're also throwing touchdowns. We have to get over this idea that it's bad to turn the ball over every now and then. You can't get out of control with it, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take risks. It doesn't mean that you should be 100% risk averse. 70% risk averse would help this New Orleans Saints offense, particularly its passing game, take that next step forward to be what it needs to be, to be a competitive roster in each and every game of next year's schedule. And the schedule opens up with three familiar opponents, three familiar defenses, three division opponents. So you can quickly build that identity that you want to have when it comes to who you are as a team through the air very quickly. And you're going to open up against a very weak secondary that maybe you're going to see take some steps forward. Guys like AJ Terrell and, and, and Richie Grant and others that are part of that Atlanta Falcons secondary are good players individually, but the unit as a whole hasn't been great. And will Deion Jones be available for the, the Falcons that first week? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to open up and immediately build confidence just like you did with Jameis last year in the 38-3 absolute shellacking of the Green Bay Packers. And I know you got to take advantage of a lot of healthy field position there, but that doesn't mean that your offense is bad, right? you still get to take advantage of that field position. You still have to get the ball into the end zone. So if you're able to start off with a big time confidence boost and then follow that up with two familiar defenses where you can get something going, 
That's going to put the New Orleans Saints in a really great spot to figure out their identity and figure out how they've taken steps forward in the passing game from the very beginning of the season and then build on those tendencies and maybe break them later to take people by surprise or get to a dominant place in the passing game that we haven't seen since, what, 2018, 2019, when you look at Michael Thomas but you have to spread the wealth a little bit more than that season for sure. All right, family. So we know the New Orleans Saints passing offense will need to take a bit of a step forward, but how about the passing defense? Well, I think it has to be the pass rush, but not just the pass rush as a whole. One specific part of that pass rush is going to need to take a step forward in 2022. I'll tell you which one as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, built.com, the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff Bar is back. One of the absolute favorites when it comes to flavors across Built Bar now in a Puff Bar, which includes that fluffy marshmallowy goodness. The thing that stands out to me most about this particular protein bar, the Coconut Brownie Puff Bar, is simple. It is sort of the concert of textures that you get. You get the fluffy marshmallow. You get the creamy chocolate that covers the whole thing. You get the the chewy brownie bites that are super good, the chunks of brownie that are in there, and you get the coconut flakes as well. It is just an absolute concert of texture and taste fantastic. So make sure you go and check it out before they're all sold out by heading over to built.com. You can check out all their standard protein bars as well, uh, ones like a um, uh, uh, raspberry, uh, chocolate. You've also got peanut butter brownie. You've got mint brownie, salted caramel, all of these packed with 17, 18 grams of protein covered in hundred percent chocolate, but only four or five grams of sugar. So don't miss out. Head over to built.com today. Use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off. That's 15% off with the promo code locked 15 at built.com. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day every day. You want to check out which NFL stars move betting lines the most. You're going to find that over at the Locked on NFL podcast here. All throughout the week, we've been releasing the top 50 NFL players based upon who moves the betting lines with our friends over at Bet Online. Make sure you go and check that out wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Just search Locked on NFL. All right, so. We're breaking down the New Orleans Saints going into 2022 and where they need to improve. And there was one place where they were absolutely deficient on the defensive side last year, and that is interior defensive line pass rush. Of the New Orleans Saints, 40-plus sacks last season, two, one, two, came from players that are classified as defensive tackles or interior defensive linemen. Both of those sacks came from David Onyemata. That's it. Tonal Passing, you also had four sacks. He took some pass rushing snaps from the interior, but even still, right? This New Orleans Saints defense has to get better at generating pass rush and pressure from the interior. Along the interior defensive line class, the defensive tackle room, there were 62 total pressures for those players. That includes guys like Malcolm Roach and, um, and uh, uh, David Onyemata and, of course, uh, Shai Tunnel and others. 32 of those came from David Onyemata. David Onyemata outpaced the rest of the defensive tackle room in pressures all told by himself. The most important role for the defensive interior is going to be stopping the run. That's 100%. And they should be able to do that again this year. They did it last year with guys like David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle, where Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach or David Onyemata was suspended for the first six games. However, if you're looking at making sure that you're going to be able to put pressure on 
on the quarterbacks that you're going to be facing next year, which are not the greatest quarterbacks across the board. You've got some good ones in Tom Brady and, and Derek Carr and, and Kyler Murray and others. But outside of that, you've also got guys like Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins and these other guys that don't really move very well or that make bad choices when they do choose to move. And one of the ways to make them make bad choices is to get them off balance. One of the easiest ways to get them off balance is to be able to pressure them from the interior, pressure them from the inside. The New Orleans Saints have seen this end up being utilized against them over the course of the past few seasons, the final seasons of Drew Brees, giving up a lot of pressure on the interior, led to injury, led to uh, in, you know inefficiencies when it was there, led to some you know bad turnovers, things like that. And certainly we don't wish for injury for anybody. That's not the point of this conversation. But the point of this conversation is that interior defensive line pressure is impactful for the opposing team. And that's a way that you're going to want to do it. Why is it so impactful? There are two big reasons. First of all, sight lines, right? In terms of throwing windows, things like that, if you can get in the quarterback's face, you cause him a lot of grief, you cause him a lot of trouble, and you're forcing him to move outside as opposed to having the inside pocket mobility to step up or anything like that. So just being in that vicinity creates confusion, it creates sort of panic for opposing quarterbacks. It also forces them to a situation where they have to run outside, and this is number two, which gets them off balance and out of time. This impacts timing a ton for timing-based offenses that are predicated on making quick throws, that are predicated on one read, two reads, whatever it might be. Quick passing offenses get disrupted by defensive interior pressure more than they do edge pressure from the outside. So this becomes a huge, huge part of how the New Orleans Saints can take a step forward. They, They still had over 40 sacks, I believe it was 42, 43 total sacks on the season. And they crossed the 40 sack threshold before the six or or in the 16th game. So they've continued to produce ever since Ryan Nielsen, the Saints defensive line coach and now also co-defensive coordinator has been in the building since 2017. The Saints have produced 40 plus sacks every season. So he's done a fantastic job there. But a lot of what we saw last year came from the second level, came from the edge rushers, Cam Jordan with 12 and a half sacks, Um, uh, um, Marcus Davenport with nine and a half. Uh, you also had sacks from the second level for, or the third level, sorry, from the secondary. So players like Malcolm Jenkins and even Jeff Heath had a sack when Shai Tuttle and some of these other guys didn't. And, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson, of course, is always going to be using the pass rush, all of that, right? But if you can find another person that can generate pressure and generate a pass rush from the interior and do those things to the quarterback, get them off base, get them out of time, get them off rhythm. That ends up being a huge benefit for you and a big time focus where the New Orleans Saints should be looking to evolve going into 2022. And that already fearsome defense becomes one of, if not the best, the moment that they start doing that. It won't be a conversation that takes the whole season to figure out, to wait to see where they end statistically. No, if the Saints can continue to do all the things that they do, cover well, play well at the second level and get the edge pressure, but then add that interior defensive line pressure and be disruptive there in the middle of the offensive line or on the defensive line, then all of a sudden they propel themselves to the conversation of best defense in the NFL almost immediately. All right, family, coming up next, we're going to dive into special teams. Now, two more areas where the New Orleans Saints need to evolve in order to win in 2022. And you might think that special teams doesn't matter that much, but let me tell you, and I will break it all down for you, special teams wins games. And we already saw that in 2021. We'll break all that down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, 
It's my great pleasure to be able to tell you about our good friends over at Bet Online. So whether you're looking at end of year awards, you're looking at win totals, you're looking at division finish, even Super Bowl matchups across the NFL, player props for your favorite NFL draft candidates as well. There's so much there, including also a ton you can get on on college football. You feel like maybe USC can upset and make a national championship run. There's a spot for you there. You want to go with the favorites, guys like Alabama and Georgia and others, you can go there. You can look at the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, even esports. They've got you covered with whatever it is that you love with more odds, lines, and props than ever before. So check them out on your mobile device or your computer today so you can get in on all the trends and action from the number one sports wagering information website in all the land over at BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Take a look at the four places where the New Orleans Saints need to evolve in order to be successful in 2022. We've broken down the passing offense, the interior pass rush in particular, and special teams. Because don't forget, special teams wins games. New Orleans Saints finished with a 9-8 and eight record last season, which was massively outperforming the roster that they had available to them throughout as they started 58 different players, four different quarterbacks, four different kickers, all of that. But here are a couple of things for you to keep in mind. While the New Orleans Saints were number 31 when it came to plays per drive, they were number five on the defensive side when it came to plays per drive allowed. So they allowed the fifth fewest on average throughout. So a big part of that was a lot of the field position game, putting offenses or opposing offenses in positions to where they were operating with their backs against the wall quite a bit. And one of the reasons why they're able to do that is because they have a fantastic punter in Blake Gilligan. However, they weren't super solid in their punt coverage, and they can stand to be better. When you look at a couple of different pieces here in terms of uh, where they started off their drives, all of that, the New Orleans Saints offense started off their drives most consistently at 31.1 yard line, somewhere around there, which was fourth best in the NFL. But they forced opposing offenses to start on their 27 and a half yard line on average. That was eighth in the NFL. So it's still top 10, but there's still some room to get better there. One of the ways they're going to be able to do that is to get it solved in terms of who's going to be that gunner opposite JT Gray, because they did allow a lot of returns. They allowed, they had the second most punts, which is indicative, of course, of the Saints offense struggling on third down. So that's not all about special teams, but they surrendered the most returns in the NFL, meaning that they weren't forcing fair catches. And it also means, and they were also, 10th in yards allowed per punt. So, excuse me, they were bottom 10 in the NFL when it came to yards allowed per punt. So there's a couple of things that indicate for you there that punt coverage was an issue for the New Orleans Saints. And if you're looking to flip the field and utilize special teams as a way to win games, those coverage guys, those gunners are going to be massively important. Now, JT Gray just racked up one of the best special team seasons that we've seen since like 2013 or something like that, like pretty wild, pretty incredible with 16 special teams tackles, which is, I think, the most since that season, which was like 19. So you have it solved there, right? The guy's an all pro uh, gunner and special teamer, but you need to find somebody opposite him. We've spoken on some of the names that could be there, but just to remind you, Alante Taylor, Bryce Thompson, and Smoke Monday are going to be guys to watch over the course of camp. There are going to be other guys as well that get their opportunities there. but. Fixing up punt coverage 
and making it a little bit more consistent in terms of flipping the field with that coverage unit will be massively important for the New Orleans Saints, especially if they get to a point where they're a little bit more selective about when they punt. And one of the things that's going to allow them to do that is going to be having Will Lutz back. And here's the second place they need to evolve in 2022 is just be reliable at kicker. We're going to be talking to Luke Johnson on Monday from the New Orleans Advocate Times-Picayune. He's going to talk about it quite a bit. But you can already see where the relationship between kicker and punter was so impacted in 2021 because Sean Payton didn't trust his kickers. So sometimes he was punting in enemy territory, right? As opposed to being backed up and beyond the 50-yard line in his own territory, not going for 50-plus yard field goals, things like that. And so you're sending out the punt team when you don't necessarily need to and stuff like that. Now, the Saints were able to flip the field on those and put Blake Gillikin in position to be able to do some coffin corner, really, really good work there, deadly accuracy in terms of that. And that's one of the reasons why he's really, really good, right? And why the Saints were okay moving on from Thomas Morstead to move into the Blake Gillikin era at punter. They're comfortable with that. But outside of that, now you're in a position to where instead of having to do that, you could just kick a field goal and actually walk away with points as opposed to putting it on the backs of the defense to avoid giving up points. And that's going to make a big difference for New Orleans. You also look at the amount of special team, or excuse me, the amount of extra points that were missed in 2021. The combined kickers in 2021 missed just about as many as Will Lutz has missed his entire career. And that's huge on that team because you think about like the Tennessee Titans game, for instance. And I know I always harp on this, but I'm going to harp on it again because it shows you how not only do special teams win you games, but it can lose you games as well. You missed two extra points and that one had to go for two or you missed an extra point. You felt really uncomfortable, had to go for two because you didn't want to give it to the field goal kicker there for the extra point. And then by the end of it all, you're having to go for two to tie the game. Whereas if you would have been confident in your kicker and you would have been able to convert those two extra points, then all of a sudden you're kicking an extra point to win the game as opposed to going for two to tie the game. And that's where a guy like Will Lutz wins you games before and outside of you know the big time moment of kicking the game-winning field goal as time ticks down and expires. So really, really important that the Saints evolve and get better in those two spots on special teams. Punt coverage so that you're getting a better, you know, you're flipping the field a little bit more against the opposing offenses and putting opposing offenses in situations where they're starting drives with their backs against the wall and everything. And then of course, when you've got your field goal kicker, your kicker that you can trust not only in extra points, but also in field goals that can give you a situation to where you're not punting in your own territory or you're kicking longer field goals, you're okay doing that. And of course, you can convert extra points all of a sudden, you're winning a few more games that way. All right, family. So those are four places where I believe the New Orleans Saints need to take steps forward in order to win more games and be competitive as they choose to be or as they have chosen to be in 2022. I love this New Orleans Saints team because they had every reason to say, all right, we're just going to lay this down for a year and then come back to it in 2023 and had no interest and showed no interest in doing it. And all of these things that I mentioned, all these places where I think they need to take steps forward, they have the personnel and they have the coaching, they have the ability and the focus to be able to take those steps forward for sure. Let me know where else you feel like the New Orleans Saints are going to need to evolve. Maybe you feel like there's some better play to be had on the offensive line elsewhere on the defense, maybe something else special teams related that I didn't think about. Let me know however you like on Twitter, down in the YouTube comments, whatever. I'm here. I got you. I appreciate y'all as always for coming through and making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. On Monday, we've got Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate Time, picayunola.com coming through. We're going to discuss why the Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston connection needs to come together quickly 
and how soon we can expect to see that, as well as more big storylines as we preview camp, which begins in earnest on Tuesday on the offensive and defensive side. I appreciate you, as always, for checking us out. For your second listen today, though, make sure you go and check out the Locked on NFL podcast. Your boy Q and Chris Carter got you covered with everything you need around the league in less than 30 minutes. I appreciate you, as always, making me a part of your day. If you see me, say hi. And for everything you need in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter. At Ross Jackson, N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.